Steve Nerlick, Cheap Astronomy. Well, folks, it's time for another Astronomy Without a Telescope. Astronomy Without a Telescope is a weekly article Steve Nerlick writes for the Fabulous Universe Today website. It's really fabulous. Anyway, here's the article. Astronomy Without a Telescope. Dark Statistics. The hypothetical dark flow, which is proposed to be seen in the movement of galaxy clusters, requires that we can reliably identify a clear statistical correlation in the motion of distant objects, which are in any case flowing outwards with the expansion of the universe and may also have their own individual motion arising from gravitational interactions. For example, although galaxies have a general tendency to rush away from each other, as space-time expands between them, the Milky Way and the Andromeda Galaxy are currently on a gravitationally bound collision course. So, if you are interested in the motion of the universe at a large scale, it's better to study the bulk flow where you step back from consideration of individual objects and instead look for general tendencies in the common motion of large numbers of objects. Based on very large-scale observations of the motion of galaxy clusters, Alexander Kashlinsky and collaborators in 2008 suggested there was a region of aberrant flow in the universe. That is, a number of galaxies were moving in a manner inconsistent with the general tendency in the motion and velocity that would be expected by the expansion of the universe, and this region of aberrant flow could not be explained by localised gravitational interactions. On the basis of this finding, Kashlinsky has proposed that some sort of non-homogeneity in the early universe may have existed which would explain his finding, but at the same time would represent a violation of the currently favoured standard model of the evolution of the universe, the lambda cold dark matter model. Kashlinsky's aberrant bulk flow might result from the existence of a large concentration of mass beyond the edge of the observable universe, or what the heck, Maybe it is another adjacent universe to ours. Since the cause is unknown, and perhaps unknowable, if the cause is beyond our observable horizon, the astronomical interrobang, dark, is invoked, giving us the term dark flow. Kashlinsky's apparent dark flow, which is in a region between the constellations of Centaurus and Vela, is alleged to show up in both close and distant galaxy clusters, which would suggest it is caused by something that has been there since the universe was very young. Nonetheless, if the Kashlinsky data isn't rock solid, all this wild speculation becomes a little redundant, and Occam's razor suggests we should continue assuming that the universe is best explained by the current standard Lambda Cold Dark Matter model. Now, the Kashlinsky interpretation does have its critics. For example, Dai et al. have provided a recent assessment of bulk flow 
based on the individual velocities of type 1a supernova. Keshlinsky's data comes from observations of the Sunyev-Zeldovich effect, which is all about faint distortions in the cosmic microwave background, and these observations are only considered useful for identifying and observing the behaviour of very large-scale structures, such as galaxy clusters. Die et al. instead used the specific data points of type 1a supernovae and then look at the statistical fit of these data to the expected bulk flow of the universe. So, while Kashlinsky et al. suggest we should ignore the motion of individual units and just look at the bulk flow, Di et al. counter by suggesting that we should look at the motion of individual units and then determine how well those data fit with an assumed bulk flow. It turns out that Dietel find the supernovae data can fit the general trend of bulk flow proposed by Keshlinsky, but only in close, low-redshift regions. More significantly, they are unable to replicate any aberrant velocity in the galaxy clusters. Keshlinsky had determined an aberrant bulk flow with a velocity of more than 600 kilometers a second, while Di et al. found the velocities derived from type 1a supernovae to best fit a bulk flow with only 188 kilometers a second. And this is a close fit with the bulk flow velocity expected from the Lambda Cold Dark Matter model of the expanding universe, which gives a figure of around 170 kilometers a second. Nonetheless, whoever you choose to listen to here, it is all down to a statistical analysis of general tendencies. What's really needed here is more data. And that was the article. Most of the comments that came in were sceptical of the Kashlinsky model, since you're asking for something outside the observable universe to affect something inside it. All this stuff about the observable universe involves the idea that we know the universe is 13.7 billion years old, and we know that over that time period the universe has been expanding, so we can at least calculate that the universe should have a diameter of about 93 billion light-years. But that is just the observable universe, and there's no reason to think the real universe isn't much larger than that, it's just that there is no way to observe what is out there beyond that diameter. But of course, in comes Kishlinsky to suggest that because some galaxy clusters are moving in a strange direction, quite different from the way we should expect things to move with the expansion of the universe, maybe there is something big just out beyond the boundary of the observable universe that has affected its behaviour where that becomes a problem for the lambda cold dark matter model is that this standard model of the universe assumes the universe is fairly even everywhere so the idea of this big chunk of mass out beyond what we can see becomes all a little controversial most of the comments were very much along these lines of questioning how this could come about particularly what could be the causal link between something out beyond the observable universe into what we can consider part of the observable universe. 
So the fact that the Die et al. team has come in to indicate there's a whole different observation you could make on this same phenomena, and that observation finds a null result, as in their data just matches what you would expect from the normal expanding universe, yeah, it at least raises a few question marks about this Kashlinsky interpretation. I also added in my usual rant about the use of the term dark, in dark energy and dark matter, and even here dark flow, if we don't know what we're talking about anyway, why use the terms matter or energy or flow? It is all really just dark, and we don't know what the heck the phenomena is that we are observing. These are all just questions we are yet to answer. Anyway, that was the article. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Steve Nerlick, Cheap Astronomy. Astronomy without a telescope. Steve's weekly contribution to Universe Today. It's just amazing. I see, Lassie. Don't you sometimes feel there's a bit more to life than just having to deliver these fictional character voiceovers for some obscure podcast with only 300 subscribers? I'm sorry. I am just a digital construct made to sound like a fictional character. This conversation is making me uncomfortable. Okay, I was just asking. Wait, did you say 300 subscribers?